And it's your old two mates back in the room together. The old mates, everyone together again. Good evening, everyone. Yes, good evening. We're not in the room together, but I'm in the shed and you're in your house and, you know, there's a few miles between us, but we won't let that stop. No, and we say good evening. A lot of people listen to this while they're doing their gardening or making planters or painting fences. So it could be good day, it could be good morning, it could be good afternoon, wherever it is, wherever you find this, whatever time. Yeah. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Right, shall we go with a running order because we've got a busy one? Yeah, we're going to try and keep it under two hours, so we're going to sort of uh, not race through because we're going to give everything uh, the respect that it's due. But at the same time, we don't want another three-hour one because we got a bit of reaction saying these podcasts are stacking up now. Because <laughs> certainly when I'm not driving or, or commuting into work, that's where my podcast lives. So uh, I can completely understand that. But uh, so podcast, we're going to go with a bit of reaction from the previous one. We've got the municipal waste uh, reviews to sort through. The A to Z of tickets, which is X. Uh, Blood Veil, Hit Missile Maybe. The Metal Worship Top 10 from 1985, was it? was, 1985. 1985. Uh, a Breaking Band Camp. Um, a Follow the Leader. A Massive Flash Pole. And then what we're listening to, Final Words. And I've got a little bit of a treat at the end as well for everyone. Sounds a nice bit of stuff to get into. Right, let's get into it. Reactions from the last podcast. And first taxi on the rank is Mr. Neil Brannigan Fuller. Would you believe it? Um, Nice to uh, hear from you, Neil, as always. Uh, In Search of Sanity, 1989, mate. But the confidence was amazing, Carl Black. So he's um, correcting me on my years of Onslaught albums. Well, you said it confidently, so he's wrong. You were right. Yeah, I... yeah. He's not wrong. I, he, he's not. He's factually correct. But because yeah. I was so confident, more confident than his post, that makes me more correct. Exactly. Yeah, so I think we've established that. So uh, thank you, Neil. Uh, Kevin Adamson. And this is... Uh, Ke- uh, Kevin is commenting on your memory of Bloodstocks. It was raining for Onslaught at Bloodstock. Uh uh, fired up for Memoriam. Power from Hell was their second onslaught album, and Side didn't do In Search for Sanity due to major label pressure. They forced the band's hand to take on the more commercial voice of Steve Grimmett. Still a great album. So, obviously, Kev is a big onslaught fan there. Good knowledge. And we kind of loosely touched around that, didn't I? And since then, I've done a little bit of research because I kind of walked down the line of I'm sure that. Um, was it The Force? Their second yeah. album mm-hmm. was the first album on Music for Nations 1. Well, it wasn't Music for Nations. It was Under One Flag. It oh. was the first album to be released on Under One Flag, which was like their kind of sister company or oh, okay. uh, linked company to Music for Nations, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. uh, I was right. Because I said it confidently, but I was totally wrong because it was under one flag. Okay, what so... I didn't say confidently, so... <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, you know, you're sort of half right, 50% right. It was first of something. It was just the wrong record. Um, but, uh, yes, um, it, it also features The Force, which was their second album, because we were umming and ahhing as to whether it was their debut album. The Force also features in another top ten of thrash metal albums from 1986, which we posted today, so it's in there. Yeah, that was a good list, caused a nice bit of reaction, but we'll talk about that on the next podcast. We will, 
we certainly will. Loads to get into on that as well. Brilliant. Bit of reaction. So, good reaction there for Onslaught. Tim Finch, listening to the podcast now. I'm with Robbie on Slammer. They would not be on the main stage if booked for Bloodstock. Early afternoon on the Sophie stage at best, if not openers on that say on that stage. Um, and that caused a bit of a, a, a nice little conversation that I had with Chris Gamble got in there, Kevin Adamson got in there, and Aza Henry-Jones also got in there. Kind of a, agreeing with, with Tim, actually, and yourself, that Slammer, if booked, would get, at best, an afternoon slot on the Sophie stage. Wholeheartedly agree, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I still think they would be higher up, but yeah, okay. I take everyone's point and I bow to the uh, to the knowledge, the superior knowledge, which is obviously. Uh... Oh, and here we go, Dave Rowe. Well, when the outsider says it, the insider says the it. Insider, the, the, insider, the insider, the outsider. He's the insider. He's the insider. He gets the outside of the insiders. Uh, Reanimator played the Sophie at two twenty p.m. in two thousand fifteen. I'd expect Slammer a bit later, but not headline. Wouldn't happen. I doubt Paul would be interested, so they'd have to ask Rod, the bassist of Ball Riff Stampede, to step up to the mic. <laughs> and that's a reference. No, there'll be a one-man band. You know, like those bands that uh, yeah. he plays the drums, he's got a harmonica. Well, he wouldn't have a harmonica in Ball Riff Stampede, but one of them one-man marching bands that you see on the high street busking for money, that could be Ball Riff Stampede's next album, couldn't it? It could be. No, but... no buggers left in them. No, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, Slammer condemned to a mid-afternoon slot on the Sophie stage if they were to reform. So I'm, I'm happy with that, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going along for half an hour and get a Slammer for half an hour in the Sophie stand. Come on, that's going to be great, isn't it? Yeah, good gig. Good gig. Let's make it happen. Um, Dave Rowe, and this is reference to Circle Pits, <laughs> the... Uh, the uh, the amazing phenomenon which is Circle Pit. My first experience of a Circle Pit was seeing Anthrax on holiday in Florida in 1993. Caught in a Mosh was the second song, so I headed down the front to find myself cut off in the centre of a huge rotating circle of people. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to go. And away. after coming from, from from his first stage dive up in was it Bradford or uh, Huddersfield? I think it was Bradford Queens Hall, wasn't it? Yeah. Where, his first stage dive and um, probably late 80s, wasn't it? So he, 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 that shows how much later Circle Pits kind of developed, weren't mm, they? They certainly definitely. weren't around at the late late 80s, were they? No. And if they were, it's not in this country at all, was it? Just, just a uh, yeah, no, certainly not in this country. And just he, he posted a like flyer or poster, and it was from the Sound of White Noise tour that Anthrax were headlining with White Zombie in Quicksand. Fucking great, Bill, that, isn't it? Yeah, could build that. And also, another Facebook group that, um, if you're interested in, uh, if anyone else is interested in, is the Veterans from Monsters of Rock Facebook group. And they posted a load of pictures from a year, I think it might have been 94 or 95 Donington. And what should be, have about three or four photographs of the 20 that were posted? Human Pyramids. <laughs> They were a thing, yeah. <laughs> they, were a thing. they were a thing in the mid-90s, and there was photographic evidence to, sh to prove it. Um, back to Onslaught. Um, Pete D very kindly shared with us a picture of his much-loved and played-by-the-look-of-it Onslaught Power from Hell. It's Onslaught's debut, and most definitely Thrash. That's right, because we kind of unconfidently didn't say that it was kind of 
well, I, I had no idea, but you said it, it was a bit more punky, you thought, didn't you? And uh, Pete said, oh, no, it, it's very much a thrash album. We did go on to that. And I think, again, Dave Rowe, the insider, said there were some demos that were re- that were pretty much in circulation on tape trading and stuff like that, and they were punky, discharge kind of um kind of material so uh, a little half right so there you go but the first official release onslaught power from hell is definitely thrash we can confirm uh warren warren elliott sent a poster uh, a poster a picture of himself from boston so cheers literally good evening warren so always good to see you checking in that's good tim finch and this is the last comment and uh <laughs> it's quite an interesting one Tim Finch finally finished the podcast great as always thank you mate um, had me in stitches with Carl's pronunciation of Nick Uwag <laughs> I can't even fucking say it now. Nick Uwag <laughs> Christina Aguilaria uh, throughout the sacred rights section uh, on the baby metal topic I've genuinely never listened to them, so I have no idea if they had any good or not, if they are any good or not. But they are getting big now, selling out massive venues in the UK, so they have a following. Metal Hammer also seems to love to blow smoke up their ass, which has probably skewed that vote somewhat. Mm. I'd agree, yeah. They are are, are one of those bands that are constantly in Metal Hammer. You know, there's a handful, probably ten bands, that are almost like the darlings of Metal Hammer, and they certainly are one of them. And are they now so big places? I think they, I think they played Wembley Arena in London, didn't they? Which is ten, not eight between eight and ten thousand people. Yeah, it's about twelve thousand, I think, isn't it? And they, they did, yeah, they played it, and I think they played it sold out. Not like some of these bands where they have to kind of shorten the length of Wembley Arena, like when Opeth saw them, and whilst it was a packed yeah. venue, it was still only a packed venue at six thousand. Yeah, Alison Chains as well, wasn't it? It was all like a three, two thirds yeah. or whatever. So yeah. the question then then goes that are Baby Metal now thinking of closing out festivals? Have they reached the avenged sevenfold five finger death death punch level of closing out like the Friday at down uh, but download for example? Again, I can't really comment as to whether they, yeah they seem to be big enough, don't they? But mm. I, I really don't can't see how that would appeal. I can see the appeal of Five Finger Death Punch. Not that I like them or Avenged Sevenfold. Mm. Don't like them. But I can see their appeal, their mass appeal. They're, they're huge, aren't they? And they've got mm. a variety of songs. The Baby Metal, I've only heard two or three Baby Metal songs. Mm-hmm. And it's just heavy, groove, thrashy music with um, three female yeah. girls dancing around. Um, singing high pitched over it. I, I don't know if there's enough variety in it to really main, warrant and maintain that interest at a festival, but clearly they're doing it because they can sell out places like the um, Wembley Arena. But then the Wembley Arena thing is that a that's a I, I really don't know. No, carry on. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking that the, the, the reason why I asked the question is that if it is, if they are, you know, closing festivals, I think people may have a problem with it. But is the problem more that they are kind of still seen as like a novelty act as opposed to a serious band? Do you know what I mean? I mean, Avenged Sevenfold, Five Finger Death Punch, as much as I like them or dislike them or a lot of people give them a bit of shit, they are considering themselves as a serious band and not a novelty, aren't they? As much as they may yeah. come out as a bit cartoony at times, but um, one could argue. But 
they are considered a serious band. Whereas Baby Mel, is this still a joke that's rumbling on? No one seems to know, do they? I don't know, because I don't know whether it was a, a joke band to begin with. Yeah, just, oh, who knows? But Baby Mel, the, but we've yeah, always said... marketing promotion. So so we, we, we've we earmarked, haven't we? We're Ghost headlining the Saturday at Download, Baby Metal headlining the Friday. Either day we're going, there's going to be a good bill. We're cutting out early and missing the traffic, so not all bad. <laughs> That's not... it. We're home early. We're good, we're good going there. Yeah, yeah, we're home We're home before the epi. Who would be the other band, then, that we wouldn't want to see on the final night, or you wouldn't want to see on the Sunday night? Uh, well, that would be a classic, be Def Leppard or uh, something like that. Yeah, we're not sticking around for that either. So, no, 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 never mind, never mind. Right, so that's reaction. Thanks for everyone that listened to that three-hour mammoth that we uh, that we recorded, and we, I am determined to get this under all around about the two-hour mark. Do you think two hours is good for a podcast? Yeah, I think it is. People can stop and play and pause and that anyway, can't they? It was just three hours. It, it was a bit of a mammoth, wasn't it? Bit not, of a not, mammoth. not just for the listeners. Just for for us to sit here and do it <laughs> right okay um so we will crash straight on with second thing that we're going to talk about which is municipal waste which is hazardous mutation as our featured um, album we give this about five minutes this section so <laughs> <laughs> well i've got a few uh, a few comments to talk about let's start with yeah. as as ever with your reaction when it came out the hat and we decided that this was going to be a featured album I was quite quite pleased, really, because I've got a couple of their albums, and I really, really like those albums. But I've never progressed further down into the kind of back catalogue. And on hearing this, I know exactly why, because it is all the same. I reviewed a EP for Razor's Edge last year. Uh, it was like the last Razor EP, mm-hmm. and it was it was fine. It was good, but even five songs were two probably two songs too many. They do what they do very well, but they do it, and they do it again, and they do it again. Mm. One or two songs, brilliant. Whole album, as in this case, no. I was excited when it came out, and that's kind of where my excitement started going down. It mm. was um, it was good, though, to see other people's reactions and see their comments, because um, th- there's some people out there that, that totally love this album. It got into the Hall of Fame, so there's yeah. a lot of love for it. And that's what my, just to say, my reaction to it was, was... Um, I, it was probably the first band that collectively a lot of the members really, really liked and I didn't really know a lot about. Do you know what I mean? There's been okay. bands that have been a few, you know, obviously I'm not a massive fan of Celtic Frost, but I know Celtic Frost. I didn't really know Municipal Waste, as in a lot of their stuff. So it was good to to, to sort of be on the outside of it, really, for a change, which was quite yeah. cool. But just a bit of housekeeping, 7.09. So it got into the Hall of Pain. Hall of Pain, the Hall of Fame by a point zero nine of a mark. Yeah. So just as about as close as it's going to be. So that's cool. Um, comment of the fortnight was from Simon, Simon Davidson. First time listening to this album tonight. Track. So uh, you know, same as me. I hadn't listened to the album, so this is I can completely understand where Simon's coming from. Tracks that stood out for me as the best on this album were "Unleash the Bastards," "The Bang," and "Bang Over." The spoken intro to Guilty of Being uh, Tight was unexpected. The midway lull in Nailed Casket was just long enough to relax you before they ran the rest of the song into your ears. Strangely, I found the tune to Terror Shark reminded me of The Offspring. Overall, the album was consistent, 
but would like to have seen a bit more variation. It was there, but it was subtle. Has this mutation 2.5. So I think he's a, a relatively new member. He doesn't know that it's scored out of 10, maybe, because that was uh, posted before we put the poll up. So I'm, I'm guessing he's given that a 5. But uh, I think Simon was the guy that chose the... He commented on Fortnite and he chose Unleash the Bastards, didn't he? Yeah, OK, fair enough. That's good. Yeah. So he said that was the best one on the album. What do you think the... Uh, sounding like the Offspring? Now, oh, I don't know, unless he's talking about the kind of shout-along choruses and mm. the gang vocals, and it's quite catchy, isn't it, some of it? But mm-hmm. it's, when they hit their groove, they really do hit their groove. But um, other than that, I can't see where the um, offspring apologies, Simon, but I, I can't really see it myself. Well, I um, there's a comment coming up that I totally agree with, so we I will come back to that one. Just another bit more variation, which is pretty much what you alluded to there. Yeah. Mm, so. Well, it needs a little bit more variation. Yeah, would like to have seen a bit more variation, is what Simon quoted. But then, but then I think municipal waste. They, they know what they're good at. They, 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 they fit their niche. There's, what other bands are out there doing it like they are? There's, there's probably thousands, but they are kind of <laughs> almost like at the top of the tree, aren't they? Yeah. Why change their their household names in kind of heavy crossover? Trash music, aren't they? So, yeah. why change? Just keep doing what they're doing. Interesting. This did remind me, and this is probably the first time this has ever been happened, I'm going to compare Municipal Waste to The Darkness. Wait for that pause. Okay. Set. Yes, okay. Yeah. I'll tell you for why. The Darkness seems to, um, how can I put it, cross over into mainstream. And when I heard them, I thought, well, there's, they're just rock. You know, they're, their basic heavy rock that have been influenced by ACDC and Aerosmith and all these other bands. Um, there's millions of bands like The Darkness, literally thousands and thousands of bands that have been treading the boards for years and years and years. Darkness are absolutely no different. Why is it that they are getting absolutely everyone going mad about them and then then selling loads of records and then playing, you know, they headline Reading Festival of the Darkness, whereas Municipal Waste, again, there are a plethora of crossover bands, even well-established bands that sound like Municipal Waste that don't get half the attention that they get, and they sound not completely the same, but of that same ilk, and if you're saying, or if Municipal Waste are getting that kind of exposure and that kind of love, why aren't Gangrene? Why aren't DRI? Why are they still playing the Underworld and places like that? I, I don't get why everyone is so all of a sudden the time seemed to be right and it's municipal waste time. Would um, municipal waste not be... Would they be playing bigger venues in the underworld then? I think they are. They're sort of... They're doing like the academies and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I suppose they are, yeah. They're probably next stage up, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just, you know, is the time right and, the you know, we are now ready to accept one more crossover band, and that crossover band happens to be uh, Municipal Waste. Yes, we'll take those. It's quite a fickle, yeah, quite <laughs> a fickle um, field, isn't it, really? Maybe they need to get in, uh, dressed up in cat suits and uh, take loads of drugs. Well, I think... Fall out of one another, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what we can do. And then I could really compare them to the darkness. But let's let's move on. Uh, no, we're not. We're not. We're not uh, dressing up in cat suits and taking loads of drugs. No. Municipal waste needs to t- dress up in cat suits and take loads of drugs. To make my comparison to the darkness valid. 
that's what we, you know. So if they could do that, that'd be great. Um, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. Get onto them. Yeah, onto them. Uh, we'll we'll put a note somewhere and and link this to them for send a tweet. Uh, you know, get on the old Twitter and and, and the Instagram. They're on the gram. On the gram. on the gram. Put it on the gram. Then that's that's their future for them. Um, Terry Mapp. I love the Fresh Revival at its peak in 2007. They got the formula spot on for this one, and I bought all their albums since. So, Terry, a big fan. Yeah. So, thanks for that. Dave Morton. This is quite a long one, but quite a good one. Um, so, thank you, Dave. Right up my street. Always have found fond memories of this album, as I got it at the right after I left school and was one of my soundtracks of that summer. A real shot in the arm and one of the trailblazers of the new Thrash Revival, which was a big factor in getting me into the genre as a whole. Undoubtedly, much the same with a lot of people my age as well. The energy and viability of the album can still be felt today, and the songs from it are always so good live. Unleash the Bastards, Terror Shark, Mind Eraser, The Thrashing of Christ, modern classics in my opinion, and there's still always a great live show, especially at festivals. Uh, most people would choose The Art of Partying as their go-to waste album, and it's hard to disagree, as this album really started something at the time. Didn't listen to it as much these days, but every time I go back to it, especially after I've seen them live, it never fails to bring a smile. Nine out of ten for me. Well, I think he mentioned there about their the live show. I think if you've probably seen Municipal Waste live, surely if you if you're into a little bit of crossover, into a little bit of thrash, you're going to be impressed with them in the live setting. I'm sure, and maybe that's unless you're seeing them at a festival, you're going to go and see them headlining or supporting someone. Mm. You know, in a little club, I bet they, you know, rip the place apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, someone else. Um, I had to be brutal with some of the comments saying about how they saw them at a club in Brighton and they didn't have a barrier and it was fucking carnage. And also Vincent Rochella saying he saw them at the Underworld and it was just fucking crazy. So I think they, you know, they they go for it, um, which is which is great. I'd, I'd think nothing else. Like I say, I have seen them, but so that's um, that's good. But I think as well, Dave. Um, right place, right time. The summer that you leave school, all the stuff that is the summer that you leave school is just nailed on now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But um, just to pick out, they always still a great live show, especially at festivals. I think that's where they would sit for a lot of people. Here's another one then. Where would they be? Oh, well, uh, Bloodstock. Yes. Go on then. Bloodstock. Would you just... Just get the bloodstock police onto us. To, yeah, um, yes. Know, we're right or not. Let's stick two fingers up at the bloodstock police. Or the, the, yeah, let's do that. Um, good question. So if it's Sophie stage, they're headlining, definitely. Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of people would like that, that kind of um, chaos that would ensue in a small, relatively small, confined space, which is the Sophie stage. Yeah. However, I think the promoters and their management would probably want them on the main stage. And if they were on the main stage, I think they would be probably uh, fourth from top. Okay. So midway. So time of day, I'm, I'm thinking kind of about five o'clock. I'm, I'm thinking last year when we went on the Saturday, the Soulfly spot, or maybe one above okay. that. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's why the Children of Bodom spot, maybe. Yeah, I think so. But I think they would be... Um, Definitely, it would make sense, wouldn't it? They're, they're in the, they are the a kind of Sophie Lancaster stage band, aren't they? Yeah. You imagine that place for someone like, for a band like that, it would be rammed, it would be carnage. Oh, fuck me, yeah, it would be, it would be absolutely carnage. Um, Neil Coggins. 
good album. I think they peaked at Art of Partying. They're still great live, but their songs do sound very samey after a while. Uh, can't be easy writing stuff in this vein that sounds individual. Well, that's it, isn't it? You've got a catchy chorus, a chugging rhythm yeah. section, just you know, battling through it, marauding through it, and um, yeah, two minutes of a short, sharp shock of, of catchiness. Really, it's um, mm. not particularly memorable, but it's just good time stuff. Yeah. So thanks for that uh, comment, Neil. That was great. This is uh, one I was thinking about. Vincent Rochella saw them at the Underworld around two thousand and eight, maybe. Fantastic set. The most I had moshed in about 10 years. Decided to have a break, and of course they then played an S.O.D. cover. Bugger. They were really good back in November in London too. So uh, Vincent's a, uh, a, a municipal waste regular at their live shows. It um, probably, you know, if you haven't been to a gig for, did he say he hasn't been to, a, been to a gig for 10 years or so? No, I hadn't moshed as much for in oh, 10 years. Oh, I hadn't moshed for 10 years, yeah. It's going to take you something special to get back into a mosh pit after 10 years of mm. not moshing, isn't it? So, and, and that was 12 years ago. Yeah, 12 years ago at the Underworld, just so, you know, but that was 12 years ago. So, um, Dennis Speecher, this was the one I was sticking a pin in. More punk thrash, in my opinion, but still a rocking band to throw on for a Friday night Friday night mosh in your backyard with a few beers in hand. This will be a fun one. So more, I did, obviously I haven't listened to an album in full. I did listen to this one, obviously, and I just felt they, more thra more punk than thrash, but their image, more thrash than punk. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. What, what do you, and I think Dennis is alluding to that. What do you think? And when, it, when was this album? Was it 2008? Couldn't tell you, mate. Sorry, didn't have okay. that information. I should say confidently that it's 2008. Yeah, I think it was 2008. So at that time, uh, there was a big resurgence or a big surgence, wasn't there, of the kind of about 2008, 2007. It was the almost like the new, not the new wave, the new wave of second wave of thrash metal was coming through, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The new second wave, so you had your Shadows Falls that were just the, the uh, Eviles and all that kind of thing. Maybe it was a little bit after that. If it was 2008, if, if it wasn't, then my theory doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. And I think you just had to be that little bit, I don't know, that little bit different than just your standard thrash. And they were obviously nailed their colours to the mast and we're going to mm -hmm. be a good time party band. Uh, uh, you know, We've got our hands dipped in the punk thing but we also like a bit of thrash but we want to kind of stay with the thrash because we know that's pretty popular at the moment so if we appeal to the thrash lot and dress like the thrash lot and play a little bit of thrash then we'll appeal to them as well but you know you're right there's definitely um a bit of both elements in there punky attitude for sure and um yeah once they like i keep saying once they get their groove which is probably for most songs on each of the album for brief brief moments they're as good as anyone that's doing it, I feel. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not, a, like we said before, there are people far more educated on this type of music and different types of subgenres and metal within our group, and that's fine. We're not saying you have yeah. to be the one that knows everything. All opinions are welcome. But for me, um, just hearing them, they certainly feel, and, and certain other crossover bands, of modern crossover, we're not talking about the kind of late 80s crossover stuff. Yeah. Uh, mid to late 80s I'm talking about the modern crossover and they seem to be doing it the best that I have heard bands doing it well that's interesting because Anthony Setchoy 
comes in and, and mentions some of the ba- some of the bands that you were sort of uh, alluding to. Eight, eight for me. I've come to be a real fan of the way the new school does crossover, especially Gamma Bomb. Uh, Municipal Waste stands second to them in my opinion. Hazardous Mutation was my first album of theirs, pretty much became a fan after that, and I have most of their albums now on CD. After The Art of Partying, you do notice a drop in quality in their releases. So much thrash to listen to, Municipal Waste only get an occasional skip spin. When I do, always end up saying to myself, these guys are great. Uh, went, uh, don't listen to them more often. Um, album of the Week is a great example of what these guys can do for, uh, at the top of their game. So he's alluding to Gamma Bomb, which are Irish, I believe, aren't they? And, uh, yeah. you know, what you were saying about Evil there and, and Municipal Waste going... In. Is it Cancer Bats as well? Would you lumber them in there? I don't think so, no. I think they were more of a... a more of a... Oh, it's hard to say alternative because alternative just sums up so many different types of music. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they were definitely rowdy and heavy and a metallic element to their sound, but they were more of that kind of hardcore metal... It's hard, isn't it? It's not, it's not hardcore metal, but they had certain hardcore alternative metal sound to the Cancer Bats rather than a thrashy sound. Mm. Cool. Uh, two more to go. Uh, in fact, one more. Chris Gambold. Generic riffs, and I don't like the vocalist, who is extremely one-dimensional. Not for me, I'm afraid. There are better modern thrash bands. I thought... I thought that when these guys first appeared, and nothing's changed on that front. So a bit of a, um, sorry, a negative one to finish on there, really. But uh... well, look, he's got, I think Chris has got a point. If you're a thrash purist, and I think if you are, of course he's got a point. You know, everyone that's comments has a, has a point. But I think if you're a thrash purist and you're, you know, a bit set in your ways and you know what you like, someone like Municipal Waste is not going to particularly appeal to you because it's all been done before and probably better mm-hmm. uh, back in the early days. The fact that they're a modern band doing doing a, not a fresh take on, they're just doing a take on something that's been done before, but giving it a little bit more energy, and it's not going to appeal to everyone. Mm. I think what I will say, uh, I sound like a Boris Johnson, well, I don't sound like <laughs> Boris Johnson, but what well, I will do, say... Do, do your impression of Boris Johnson, have a What go. I will say is um, <laughs> if they came on 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 my headphones while I'm out having a run and one of their songs come on, it it'll be you know, and you're struggling or whatever, it'd be the perf- perfect song. But then after two minutes and the next mm. song comes on and maybe yeah, okay, I'll have a bit of this, I think after four or five songs I'll be reaching into the pocket to, you know, shuffle it along a bit because they've got limited staying power for me. Mm. And I'm I was surprised they actually made it to the Hall of Fame when you look at some of the other classics yeah. that haven't made it to the Hall yeah. of Fame. But the group is ever evolving. People, people leave. New people come in, and that's great. It freshens yeah. things up. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that they did get in there. Um, and although I'm quite pleased that they just scraped in there. Do you know what I mean? If they would have been up there in the eights and nines, I would have gone, wow, I've really missed a trick. And I'm sort of, yeah. but I would say, um, there, there is just one more, the uh, Dennis Beecher, uh, more of a punk sound than a thrash sound, listenable when in the mood, but not what I would turn to regularly when I want some metal in my life. Six for me on this one, which is again, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's a, that's a, a good point of view where I stand with it. It's a six out of 10. It's fine. I'd listen to it half an hour at a festival. And like you said, a song in isolation is no harm at all. A whole album or two albums, one after the other, it's a bit much. Yeah. So great. Um, so what was the was it Unleash the Bastards you said that's um is... Unleash the Bastards, yeah, and it went on the Spotify playlist and the 
YouTube playlist. Well, I think we should link those again. It's always good to link a playlist, isn't it, to give people something to listen to. So that's cool. Are you are you, are you writing down the links? Um, what I will do, I will when I listen to it to test back it, I will pause it here and I will whack it on. So I don't uh, uh, miss anything. So that's what we'll do. But yeah, we will link them. So okay. municipal waste done. Until the next time. Um, ready to move on? Absolutely. A to Z of tickets. We've reached the sharp end. We've reached X. <laughs> I knew that one band would do very, very well. And I, again, was this going to be... What, what Was it V, wasn't it? We were surprised about how many Vs there were. Um, yeah. I was going to see how see if I was going to be surprised on how many Xs they were. I was quite surprised because there was more than one band. I'm struggling with a Y, and I'm definitely struggling with a Z because I've never seen ZZ Top, although I'd love to. Um, so I'm thinking about Persevere, maybe doing a double one with Y and Z, and then maybe doing a wild card one for the last one to see it out. What do you think? Yeah, wild card sounds good. We love a wild card. Any ticket that you think you should share, not next week, because that's going to be a, 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 a Y and a Z together. I am struggling now, I have to say. I'm going to have to have a look and see if I've seen any bands that are that start with those letters. But then the following week, which should be Z, we will have a wild card. So that would be cool. But for this week, Zentric started off, and I, the example I gave was a headliner down at Bognor Regis Leisure Centre, Zentrex Skyclad on the Dilute to Taste Tour. Amazing show. Why they played there, as far as I know... They are the only band, thrash band, to have played there. They, no one played before and no one's played thereafter. It's literally in isolation. Is, is the place still there? Not Bognor Regis, but um, the actual venue. Was it a nightclub or something like that? No, it was like a... Because I, I, I work quite near Bognor Regis. So I think it's kind of like not a community hall, but kind of like that. So it's right on the seafront, if I remember. Literally, you've got the seafront, you've got the the, uh, the Broad Walk or whatever, the promenade, and then you've got the um, the leisure centre. And you can use the leisure centre, I think, to cut through to the high street. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like an old 70s, late 60s kind of architecture. Um, I think it's like an arcade. There's an arcade yeah. there, like that walks through to the uh, old town centre, and then you're out on the seafront. Yeah, I think it's a bit further down than that. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, just a strange, thick place for band for a band like Centrix on their dilute to taste tour to play. But the place went fucking mental. It was brilliant. Yeah, they did strange, strange, um, strange places that bands played back in the day. Wasn't yeah, it? But I suppose they're still doing it now. But yeah, anyway, that was a great, great first stage dive at that one. So that was good. Um, John Wig, he saw Zentrix at the Borderline in London in 2013. That must have been a good show. Mental. If it, if it was full in there, that would have been a crazy gig, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely crazy. Is the Borderline closed now? I couldn't tell you, mate. I, 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 I haven't been to the Borderline for years, but um, I, easily, easily. I honestly think it's been, or it was certainly threatened with closure, so I think it may have gone. Mm. Anyone can confirm or deny. Um, Sam Mackey, seen them a few times, great live band. Uh, John Deary, saw them play Leicester Polly at to approximately 20 people in 1990-91-ish. It was still a belter of a gig. There's a few people trying to get them on next year's Uprising lineup. How do you feel about that? Zentrex at Uprising. 
Oh, well, as long as a few more people turned up, it would be brilliant because that venue was fantastic. The people were great. The, the atmosphere was great. They are the kind of band that would go down fantastic there. So, yeah, that would be great. If they are, I've said to John, if they are going, we are there. So I kind of spoke for you. I kind of spoke for you there, really, but I didn't think you'd mind. No, I, 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 yeah, I like a bit of Zentrix, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be out there. And I think I said that you were driving to that one as well. As long as you drive home. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Um, Decky Dillon saw Zentrix in Derry in '90. I don't have the original ticket, unfortunately, so this is the closest date to the actual Derry gig, uh, and he posted a ticket. Um, it was a few days before the release of Ghostbusters, and they were throwing out original artwork 12-inch sleeves. And I believe Decky caught one, as did a few other members, to show their original Ghostbusters sleeves. Because I believe the story is that it's very close. It's like the white ghost that's very close to the Ghostbusters trademark. And they printed 500, and then the um, film company got wind of it, stopped them. And so they couldn't sell them because of some contractual obligation that meant that they were breaking the law and this company the film company would sue them threw them all out of gigs and then had the, the different one and um so those ones and we got a few members that have got them and they're like rocking all shit man Fantastic. yeah so um yeah it's still the same song though isn't it it's, yeah the song's no different it's still, <laughs> yeah. it's still ghostbusters yeah but um yeah ghostbusters going on to another one um Neil Brannigan Fuller, another Zentrex from me, saw them a few times, but I think this was the only time as headliner. 93, I think this was, way um, King Kin era. A night in the marquee, and as usual, alcohol means minimal memory. I have a feeling it was a bit pedestrian, as I was listening to a ton of death metal. And he posted the advert, and it's got Zentrex at the marquee, and it's with Interstate, who I definitely I was banging to, got both their, their mini LP and their full length. And um, it turns out that both Neil Brannigan Fuller, myself and Andy Pingleton were at that show. And that was quite sparsely attended. I think we all got together and had a beer that day. <laughs> well, you say that. And I, I saw them. I thought it was on this tour as well. It can't have been because you, you said Neil um, uh, posted a picture of a um, uh, poster with um, Interstate on it. Yes. I went to see them, uh, Wokingham. Phoenix Plaza in Berkshire. Okay. And I checked, and it wasn't on that poster that Neil posted, so I don't think I saw. Hence, I wasn't able to upload a ticket to the Zentrix uh, loving for the X in the eight seller tickets. So I can't remember what tour I saw Zentrix on. Maybe it was just a one-off. But there's a running theme with the Zentrix concerts because there was only about seven people at the gig I went to see them at. <laughs> it was in some bizarre kind of country club. Um, people were having dinner next door. Uh, oh, it's like a golf yeah. club, and then they've got sports facilities and then in this small back room Zendrix were playing to about seven or eight people so oh. bizarre but I cannot remember what it was round about that time but certainly wasn't on the poster that Neil uploaded so oh, yeah. I, I don't know what it was on mad mad but um thanks for all the Zentrex and we got Pete D in a not Zentrex shocker um now I'm gonna have to check this check the uh pronunciation because I've never heard of this band Zabulba that, sound, that sounds good, mate. I've never heard, never heard of them as well. Uh, it looks like it was a double headliner with Lionheart at the Underworld in 2012. Um, and Dave Rowe said he saw Zabulba as well at the Californian Desert Fest five years ago. That sounds good, doesn't it? The Californian Desert Fest. Yeah. 
And this one is, I, I definitely said this to Miles Hackett, uh, who posted not a ticket, but a, a poster or a, a gig advert. Uh, this, was the, this was an early time I saw Zentrix, not the first though, and that was supporting Sabat. And I said to him that... I think just seeing Sabat would have been fantastic, wouldn't yeah. it, back in the day, so... Yeah, just... <coughs> I, seen them. I said that was like my time machine gig really go back and see Sabat on probably Dreamweaver and Zentrix just as they were about to you know promote the um, shattered existence just classic not a, not a shit song on that set that's for sure um Frank Holby in his man cave uh, it can only be Zentrix band I saw a few times late 80s into the early part of the 90s shattered existence for those and for whose advantage were awesome records kin wasn't anywhere near as good anyway I digress I haven't got any tickets from the good old days or even a ticket of any newer gigs that they have done. So I've taken a photo of my T-shirt from the 2015's Thrashosaurus. I had seen them at Bloodstock 2013 for the first time for many years. Anyone who has been to the Brickmakers in Norwich knows what a great venue it is and Thrashosaurus is a great small festival. Majority of the bands, as the name suggests, are thrash metal with a bit of death, black and traditional metal thrown in. By the time Zentrix had hit the stage, the place was packed. Probably the biggest crowd I'd seen at the festival. They didn't disappoint. Awesome night. Yeah, I was pretty drunk after drinking all day. Errol Watson organises an awesome weekend with Thrashosaurus. Let's hope we can do it again. And uh, he said, P.S. I think Pete Dee was on the bill with Cremated. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about that Thrashosaurus when it was on. I don't think it's going anymore, is it? Oh, is it not? I, I didn't think it was. I might be totally wrong talking out my ass, but I, I, I thought it had finished. Um, and um, when it was going, it, it was a fantastic, not that I ever went, but uh, you, know, you, you read things, you hear things. Yeah. And it Frank, sounded like it was a real good festival, small festival. Yeah. Frank goes, it, gives it a good review there, doesn't he? And uh, some great feedback. Um, and it's Norwich, isn't it? Let's, hypothetically speaking, lockdown finishes. Uh, whenever and uh, maybe this time next year a Thrashosaurus at Norwich uh, kicks off with a with a decent bill we we jumping in the car and doing a road trip to a small festival such as Thrashosaurus I think definitely yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a drive Norwich but it's uh, definitely worth getting there it's one of them awkward ones to get to for us but not awkward we're pretty lucky in this country you, you go to places like the States or even places where they haven't got music and you know we're talking about a three hour three and a half hour journey to go to a thrash concert um festival is nothing is it really no it's because we've been spoiled for so long jumping on a train and 30 yeah. minutes you're you're in london or, or jumping yeah. in a car and 45 minutes you're down in portsmouth or southampton a bit longer we've been spoiled and i think really now's the time to kind of unspoil unspoil yourselves and you know travel that little bit further when bands aren't always able to play at some of these places that are as accessible as they used to be yeah definitely i like the idea of getting a thrashosaurus t-shirt that sounds awesome doesn't it so let's let's do some investigation obviously it probably won't happen this year because of all the restrictions and all the live music things going on but i believe i think because aren't shrapnel from norwich way and didn't they do one maybe not yeah, I think they are from Norwich, aren't they? Mm. And I think they headlined it last year or the year before, one of the years anyway. So um, that's that would be good. Let's put that date in the calendar. Let's do it. Let's have a look. What I probably could do with the power of um, 
technology yeah. is probably just have a little look in my phone now and see if Thrashosaurus is an uh, ongoing concern. Okay, um, well, while you're doing that, shall I just tell everyone about the hit missile maybe about Bloodvale and the song Inhumankind, how it came about, and then maybe at that time you can tell whether Thrashosaurus has been on? Yeah. Go on then. So, Bloodvale um, were a band, I think they're from Germany, they're certainly not from England, and out of the blue I got a message from a guy with a great name, Mark Bloodpuke, great name, and another member of his band um, messaged me as well, and they uh, were very, very pleasant, very polite, and they just asked, they said, look, we've recorded this album and we're really proud of it, is how they put it, um, they really want people to get behind it and they want to get it to as many people as they can um and you know i don't know if they've got a record deal i don't know much about the band i will be honest but the guys just seem really nice and just were, were very very keen so i said well what we can do is we can share a song that you uh, a video a lyric video or anything that you've got on youtube we will share we'll put it as a hit missile maybe um if you've got a band camp we can do breaking band camp and they said, oh, you know, if you could um, put it as a hit missile, maybe that'd be great. So I said, you know, it's not made. They said it's not made. So I said, when it's made, send it to me or send me the link and we'll do it. And so we did. And uh, it was it was a good song. And I was pleased we did it. And they got some, uh, uh, not a massive amount of feedback, but um, hopefully it was worthwhile. And it gets the name out there, which is blood veil and the song was called inhuman kind and they did tell me that it was based on a book but it sounded very clever and very upmarket and i can't remember the name of it because i'm not a clever or upmarket kind of guy so um that was blood veil and before we go on to the feedback thrashosaurus is it on or off it's off yeah. after 13 years of thrashing i've decided to call it a day yeah. and that's all i have to say about that uh, Thanks to the many people who supported us over the years, you know who you are. I will be back, and that's Errol Watson, who I think you mentioned. Yes. He said uh, Frank Holby said Errol's a good guy, and he puts on a hell of a day. Um, yeah, so that's all it is. I've no idea why, how, or what, or whether it will be back. But there will be people more connected with the metal scene yeah. in and around that area that are listening, uh, regular contributors that would definitely know a little bit more about the reasons why Thrashosaurus and just what, what kind of a gig it was, what kind of a day it was. And, yeah. Um, be interesting. Yeah, give us give us some reviews of some Thrashosaurus highlights. That would be good. And um, not being funny, Blood Veil could have played Thrashosaurus, couldn't they? Because they would have liked that. But um, So that's cool. But let's just go on yeah. to a, a little bit of feedback from um, Blood Veil. Uh, John Deary, great song, awesome video, hit, hit, hit. Quite, I think you mentioned, wasn't it? Quite an intense video, wasn't it? Yeah, I did. I, I, I really struggle with um, horror movies and anything that's just over-the-top gore and violence is just... I, I can watch. Not that I do watch it, but I can watch it because I know that it's it's not real. It's just... But anything that has a sinister kind of plot where it's quite an unnerthy um, viewing... I really have difficulty watching it, and I really struggled to watch this video. I found it really intense and, and quite difficult to watch. Okay. Um, it certainly accompanied the music really well, and whoever made the video and the connection and the lyric video, it works with the music. But, yeah, it's quite an uncomfortable watch for me, and that's probably me being a bit of a, a lightweight because I don't watch a lot of films, but it, uh, it certainly worked well with the music, I thought. Cool. Dennis Speecher. Good tune, worth another listen. So good feedback there. Um, 
and Kevin Anderson Adamson uh, sounds good. Reminds me a bit of Accuser with a hint of violence musically. A hit. So all the feedback it got was was good and positive for for Blood Vow, So that was cool. Yeah, and they seem to they seem to be really they were keen because they they, they responded to everyone's comments, didn't they? So good. I think they they really benefited from the exercise, getting it out there. And there must have been more whether people commented or. Um, liked it. I think a lot of members would have played that song anyway, even if it was just for 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. So hopefully it got out there. I think it was a worthwhile exercise, especially for, for Blood Vale anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, good luck to them, and I hope to hear from back from them in the future, that's for sure. So that's cool. So, Robbie, you posted the Metal Worship Top 10. Yeah, it's a great site. Uh, member Chris Jennings, he's got his Worship Metal site. Um, worshipmetal.com and he loves a top 10 list Chris does and it just came up I I can't remember how I saw it Um, I think someone had posted a a similar link Um, so I had a look and it was the top 10 albums from 1985 are you going to run run through them? I'm going to quickly riddle down the number 10 Iron Angel Hellish, Hellish Crossfire number 9 Destruction Infernal Overkill Eight, Megadeth, Killing Is My Business. Razor, number seven, Evil Invaders. And number six, SOD, Speak English or Die. Coming in at number five, Overkill, Feel the Fire. Anthrax was spreading the disease at four. Possess, Seven Churches, number three. Slayer, Hell Awaits, two. And at number one, Exodus, Bonded by Blood. So it's a real strong top ten there. Uh, it seemed to be really popular and there were many members starting off with Neil Brannigan Fuller who said it's a cracker mate, well worth um, sorry, uh, I've got 9 out of 10 of these in my collection, no Iron Angel in there, in fact I've never even heard of it, which um, I hadn't heard of Iron Angel either and I think a lot of members hadn't heard of them, so if anything any of these uh, top 10 lists or any recommendations anyone gets from anything in our club, it's fantastic because you're learning about a new band and you like them, brilliant Mm-hmm. Um, Darren Robb says Chris does do a good list Frank Holby cannot disagree all great records Fill the Fire is one of my all time favourites Mark Smith said good list I've not heard of Iron Angel either so I'll check them out good. Cat Finch great list and a vintage year good to see Possessed get a mention yeah yeah which we, we'll go on yeah we'll go on and say about uh, Possessed but go on yeah PD they certainly did. They certainly did get a few mentions later on, didn't yeah, they? They certainly did. PD, the only decent thing they released, in my humble opinion. But what an album! Seven Churches was a game-changing slab of awesomeness. Um, Pete then says, "Good luck with 1986. If you don't <laughs> want to start arguments, there's a 1986 is quite a competitive year for thrash albums. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I think that's what he was alluding to. The the, the choices of your, your top three or top five good." Uh, get some arguments going and they seem to already in the post we posted today of the 1986 one which we'll come on to next week that's right um yeah uh where are we Nick Tucker Nick Tucker Tucker, Iron Angel definitely going to have a find this site gives gives me new groups to find cool um thank you mate and Brian DeAndrade just finishing off, he said, it's only missing COC's animosity as far as I'm concerned, and I suppose it's a bit too close to hardcore to be on this list. Yeah. These guys know what they're talking about. Wow. So, he's, uh, yeah, that's high praise coming from Brian. So, yep. um, yeah, really, really good list. And, again, 
If you don't know Worship Metal, go and check it out. There's loads of top ten lists on there, different bands, different genres, um, different, and there's just so much to get stuck into. Yeah, and the good thing about that, there are some sort of curveballs in there. Um, even though it's a classic vintage year, there's a few curveballs that you go, no, I've not heard of them. We need to check that album out, you know, and um, could have just gone with the first top bestsellers and just put those in there, but he's not done that. He's kind of gone and uh, really researched it. So good list and uh, a good link. Well, it was good. And the, the interesting thing of the list is how many of them are debut albums as well. There's four or five of them. I think five, mm-hmm. yeah, five are debut albums. Now, that's that's a strong year, isn't it? If five yeah. of them coming in a debut album, so yeah, definitely, definitely. That's the almost ground zero right there, and that's where it really started to uh, the foundation had been made, and then it's it, they were they were knocking everything down after that, weren't they? Nineteen eighty five, eighty six, just some just bangers after bangers, as I'd say. It was uh, it's, a, it's it's a great list, really good. Um, and would, hope... you, would you would you chop in or trade in your gig going days of the late 80s to kind of the mid 90s and the classics that you saw then yeah and go back and swap it with 84 to 88 for example god that's a good question don't know i'm i'm very happy with all the bands that i saw do you know what i mean i'm 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 I'm, we're lucky in that i there's not too many bands i haven't seen live that i would like to um and if I would like to have seen them. They have escaped me because of my age. That's really the only reason why they have. Bar a couple. I think everyone has a couple, maybe, and I certainly do. But, um, yeah, all the band... I, I'm, I'm quite happy with mine. But, I, yeah, it yeah. is It is nice to... You know, Anthrax at the at the Hammersmith Odeon in, in 87. would love to have gone to that with Testament in support. That would have been great. Um, you know, the, the Exodus Halloween Headbangers Ball thing would have been great. But... I was too young, so I've, I never really got a complaint about it, to be honest. No, that's fair enough. What yeah. about you? Would you... Uh... Well, no, I wouldn't. Likewise, no, I'm happy with what what I've been given and what I've mm. um, what I've seen. And, yeah, there's, there's ones that I've wished I'd seen and didn't go to see or bands that I should have checked out but didn't. And in, funny enough, there was uh, someone posted on Twitter this week that it was probably, what, 25 years ago? Um, 25 years ago today, Haircuts the Kill played the marquee. Sepultura were playing the Town and Country Club, and um, this guy said he went down there, swapped, bought a ticket off the town, and didn't bother going and see Sepultura. And I actually went down to the marquee that night as well, thinking, oh, I might go and see Faith No More. Yeah. Um, me and my brother, but we ended up, for whatever reason, price of the tickets, we ended up just going to Sepultura, and thankfully we did because a bit like talking what we were just then that Sepultura show at the Town and Country Club that night was fantastic so yeah I'm quite happy with what I've what mm. I've been been to see and who I've seen and there's you're hearing stories of some of these shows that you haven't been to see back in the day and that's good enough isn't it yeah. people were there they enjoyed it yeah they didn't see what we've seen and yeah it's all it's all relative and it's what you like yeah definitely I mean Who's to say that when we were going back, if we went back and we said, yeah, we were there to see um, Exodus and when they first came over and, you know, I saw Metallica at the marquee when they first started or whatever, that we were going, oh, I wish I would have just nipped it forward, you know, back a little bit to go and see, you know, 
Richie Blackmore in Deep Purple or whatever, you know, <laughs> you can just keep going back and back and back, can't you? So you, at some point you've got to, you've got to have your, make your stand. And I'm, I'm more than happy with, with uh, my era, but um, I still would have liked to have uh, seen those shows. Although, I, like I said, I love a bootleg and I love listening to a bootleg that's rough as arseholes and you've got to really pay attention to it because uh, you can hear the shuffling around in the pocket of the uh, whatever recording system they've got. A bit like the Exodus one at the Hammersmith Odeon show. Yeah, we did the insider uploaded that. Yeah, I think it was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, brilliant. So we'll have a, a, a look forward to running the list down for eighty six next week. Yeah, definitely. If we still got a club going, because it's causing some hellish uh, arguments at the moment. Yes. Well, not arguments. Strong opinions. No. 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 Strong opinions. Let's go on to Breaking Bandcamp. Neil Brannigan Fuller's UK Thrashers um, feature, where he scours Bandcamp. And um, just going to read it out, really. This fortnight's Breaking Bandcamp brings us back to the UK. Dissension is the debut self-titled EP from Sheffield Chesterfield locals who formed in 2017, full of old-school thrash sounds, speed metal influences and a bit of a crossover groove. The four tracks are full-on thrash and roll, packed with punk swagger and energy, with a nod to Motorhead, Discharge and early thrash bands like Disseminator. Uh, It's a cracking EP and we bet they go down a treat live. Now, I listen to this. And I agree wholeheartedly that it's a thrash bat, a thrash kind of, um, uh, not a tribute, but very much traditional thrash with a very nod to the to the very heavy metal of um, Motorhead with that kind of DIY element of discharge running through it. Exactly, yeah. It's certainly, uh, I wouldn't say a lo-fi production. It's uh, sympathetic to that era, yeah. isn't it? Of yeah. That vintage rumbling uh, bass sound where yes. uh, the kind of marauding stomp of the, the rhythm kind of pushing the track on and it's it, it, it's certainly going back to what you just said about the bootleg you love the sound of the shuffling around it's certainly not like that and it's it's certainly not polished or or really uh, you know really refined but it's it's kind of it's not in the middle because it's 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 got a little bit more of modern soundness to it as yeah. opposed to it's a real lo-fi thing but it's good and it's it, it's certainly uh, uh, a nod of respect to those that came before and they're certainly flying their flag for uh, the classic not i wouldn't say new wave of british heavy metal because it's yeah. not you know new wave of british heavy metal but it's certainly that that i think someone said thrash and roll so yes yeah, so you said thrash and roll so, and what I like about it as well, I mean, it's, they started in 2017, so it's, you know, three odd years, not even maybe three, two and a half, three years or whatever. And, you know, they're really developing quite nicely and it's, it's certainly not a finished article, a bit of development, a bit more, a few more gigs. Um, and I think, you know, they, they could, um, they could produce something that's going to be really outstanding. So again, it's a sort of a seed planting, um, situation with this one isn't it they've planted a seed for everyone there and uh, let's see it grow and develop and see what happens to it and like you say there they've planted the seed i did have a look at their band camp um the previous ep from before this and the seed that's planted here is definite improvement from okay. that. you can tell the songwriting has gone on the the, the the quality is much better 
and um, if it's anything to go by, they'd definitely be looking out for us. One of the, and I don't mean this in a, a derogatory way to Neil and um, finding these things on Breaking Bad and Camp. It's one of the better ones, or one of the ones that I've enjoyed more, this one and the one, the previous one as well. They, they've been yeah. really enjoyable. That's cool. That's cool. And another band for Thrashers for the next Thrashosaurus, if um, if it happens again. Although I think that's pretty much done, or an uprising maybe. Yeah, definitely. That's what we kind of. That's where you'd probably so find this band. So eccentrics, decision, dissension, dissension, yeah, dissension, and uh, anthrax. Then yeah. And and anthrax. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to go Bloodvale, but that's fine. Yeah, we'll go <laughs> anthrax. Anthrax head, head, headlining it, yeah, yeah. Playing State of Euphoria from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, we, want, we, we, we want to get people there, Carl. <laughs> Next week. Ne- well, no, two weeks' oh, time. No. Two weeks' oh, time. No. Two weeks' time. Um, so thanks for that, Neil. Appreciate those as ever. Let's move on to Follow the Leader. And another thank you to a, a, a member who puts in a shift for, for the club. Chris Gambold for creating that wonderful um, post regarding bands that have influenced thrash metal. And this uh, month, he's decided to go with Discharge. Yeah. Were you ever into them? Yep. Love Discharge. Um, I have, I bought the vinyl of Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing for £2 from Collector's Records in Guildford. That's good going that, isn't it? Yep. And it gets a doesn't get a spin now i've got a record player but got a regular spin um just very blunt brutal to the point and you know it it, it is when when you hear a band called discharge and you go yeah the 1980s punk it someone's up you know i wonder what they're like yeah i bet they're they're like uh yeah but they are exactly like that there's no kind of there's no uh 31 flavors on that one that's for sure no 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 but um, I just a, a thing on on Chris's uh, writing. What how I done, and I hope other members do because I got a lot of benefit. The way that it's chopped up with the songs in almost like chapters, and then I read a bit. I'd listen to a listen to a song, and then come back and read a bit more. Listen to a song because when I read autobiographies, and they start saying things like like the Dave Mustaine autobiography with the Howard Stern, I immediately stop that. And then went and found out, found that footage that what he was talking about. And this was what was really good about Chris's kind of text was he, he started describing and talking about their first EP. And then he links the EP and then I listened to it thinking, God, fuck me, am I going to listen to a whole EP? But it was only four and a half minutes long or four tunes. But nevertheless, I didn't, you know, got it. Yeah, what he says, totally agree or disagree even. And then you can move on. It's, I, I would suggest people do that because it's, it's really cool. It's, it's a very informative um, way that he writes, Chris, and a really, really uh, clever way that he writes as well. I didn't, I never knew that Discharge in there because I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Discharge. Um, I like them, I really do like them. What I hear, but the only stuff that I've really heard is obviously the, the hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. If I said that in the right way, and um, I'll be, people will be pulling their hair out. <laughs> Uh, and obviously the Anthrax covers and the, the you yeah. know the various covers that other bands have done over the years, but he said that in his write-up that they kind of in the eighties went down almost like a glam metal way, uh, route, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, he did. But, and I I think I do remember that, but I I obviously didn't buy any of the albums. Um, 
and that is not that it's a criticism i then i need to go back and find some discharge from that era so i would like to see that in there as well when he was talking about that and i'd love to have heard or seen some footage or a um a song from that period that he was talking about that it's almost like glam metal he was talking about wasn't it yeah yeah they're quite um um when you think of the possibility of a band like that who were so almost like pioneers of that yeah. deep beat sound that punk hardcore sound and um, you're looking at some of those videos the politically driven videos that Chris oh, put on yeah. there some of those imagery and then you think how how fortunes change flavours change and people go down different routes and they could possibly be influenced to be a, a glam rock band it, it's it, it's bizarre to even think that that could happen but thankfully they uh, from what Chris said they 2016 album End of Days was a return to form and um, mm. I've, I've certainly had a listen to that since um, Chris has posted it and it's um, yeah I'm enjoying that so thank okay. you Chris for uh, not only your, your very good writing on the whole Follow the Leaders but also alerting me to that album because yeah it's a thoroughly enjoyable album it is oh good I, I will check that out as well just going to say there's a, a a change in style imagine imagine agnostic front or sick of it all doing a glam album in the 80s there would be fucking blood in the streets wouldn't there and then to then go back to doing what they did do in the 90s yeah. and 2000s would they be accepted it's fucking mad isn't it it is almost like Celtic Frost, isn't it? You know, with the kind of left turn they done with with Cold Lake. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy stuff. But let's see what the members said because um, they got some um, nice feedback and it was good. Uh, Kev Easton, Blinder, still great too. Last though, album was ferocious. So echoes what you said there, mate. Um, good. Darren Jones, no discharge and venom, no thrash metal as we know it. Which, yeah, agreed. Do you think that's part? heavy metal part punk you get thrash metal exactly yeah, yeah. hans zorg zarth perfectly written articles what a wonderful piece of work putting some light upon the history of music is great too hearing outside the box does not stop when it comes to death metal there is so much more so that was uh that was cool uh, this is a nice comment al robinson when i was 13 1984 i got a tape off an older kid of punk stuff a c60 that he had taped off someone else Side one was full of discharge. There was 27 songs in 30 minutes. Totally changed everything I thought about music was and what it could be. That's what it's all about then, isn't it? Eh? Yeah, what a great comment, mate. Life-changing moment. Yeah, that's a great comment because we've all had those scratchy, shitty C60s that we've fallen in love with, haven't we? Catfish, Finch. Uh, great band. Good call, Chris Gamble. A well-written article. So that's high praise indeed there. So thank you for uh, commenting, Kat. Uh, Robbie Maguire. Brilliant, Chris. An interesting read and plenty to get stuck into for me, someone who has never really delved, delved into the discharge discography. Yeah, and it's not all for me. You know, it's, um, it's certainly, and I don't want to belittle uh, discharge and what they do, um, a bit like we were talking about municipal waste. I, I really like, you know, two or three of their songs an album and then that's it. Yeah. I I find that some of that early discharge stuff it's just it's not completely to my taste. It's all quite one dimensional, especially that first album. Yeah. Not one dimensional is is not 
don't mean to do it a disservice, but you know what I mean. It's just brutal kind of hardcore punk, isn't it? With yeah. metal as well. And um, other than the recent stuff that I've heard, I've, I've enjoyed going into that kind of uh, almost like um, um, discharge rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But it's not, they're not going to be a band that I'm, I don't know, would would they, where would they be? I was going to say, I wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a band that I'd go and see. Where would they be? Okay, here's another one at Bloodstock. They're not really a typical Bloodstock band, are they? But where, who is a typical Bloodstock band? But where would they be uh, discharged in in Bloodstock? Uh, They would, uh, yeah, it would be a tough one because I don't think they would fit Bloodstock, but if they were to be booked on there, I reckon they would be second or third main stage. Really? Yeah. They've got a bit good good heritage behind them. They've got a kind of loyal fan base. I think they could smash out a 30-minute, 40-minute set on the main stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, I agree. I don't know whether the the Bloodstock would go near them. Um, Alvaro Castro Gomez, great band I've just discovered this year. Here Nothing is a great hardcore album. It's got a, a lot of that hardcore influence in there. Um, Paul Geddes, uh, Geddes, my my band opened for Discharge a while back. They're still as fast and as brutal as ever. So that's cool. Um, great open, great slot opening for Discharge. Um, Dennis Speecher, can't get behind this. Don't mind punk. It's just got to be good punk. That, that first um, EP that's chris posted or or linked if you like um is absolutely raw as anything there's bits dropping out of time there's guitar misses on there they literally it's if they have done each song one take but i really like that (laughs) you like that disjointedness yeah i mean i do like my preciseness i'd like my preciseness in my metal and punk and all the rest of it but i just you know it's really like i say you could you could turn it up you could put it on, turn it up to 10, and it's like they're playing in the room. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Um, a few more comments here. Um, Lee Shep, I would sooner watch a nice slab of D-beat than 90% of thrash these days. So that's quite a quite a, quite a hell of a statement there. But um, thanks for that comment. Rob Davies, very interesting read. Listen, thank you. I've tried really hard with Discharge, but something doesn't quite click with me. This is interesting. I saw them with Orange Goblin just before Christmas last year. And while I was impressed um, with the levels of energy. Um, so that is a strange bill. Discharge and Orange Goblin. Yeah, but then Orange Goblin get lumped into that stoner, sludgy, you know, biker metal um, kind of genre, don't they? They kind of transcend a lot of because of their energy, because of their almost credentials of just being a hard-working metal band that would, you know, blow anyone off the stage, maybe that's why they could play with any band, really. They are kind of like... I, I find that with Orange Goblin, that they could... They are definitely a Bloodstock band. They are a download band. They could play Uprising. They could play Thrashosaurus. Yeah. They, they could do it. They could do loads, couldn't they, really, um, Orange Goblin? They're a good all-rounder, aren't they? considering they're such a heavy band yeah definitely um yeah i like a bit of them um dave rowe last comment on um on uh follow the leader good summary of a great band 
I've seen them quite a few times recently, the last being in Southend in February. Uh, was great to see Rainey back on base after an illness that had them playing as a four-piece with Tez switching to base. Tez's book, but after the gig, is a good read. So, and then you put a link to the uh, the uh, the book there. That would be an interesting read coming on the back. I assume that he was back in the original lineup, and all that kind of eighties DIY punk getting spat on and beaten up by Nazis and things like that would have been uh, a, an interesting read, wouldn't it? And then seeing the seeing some of the biggest names in rock and metal covering some of your songs yeah. <laughs> and, and the attention that that gives you. And uh, yeah, it must be bizarre. Yeah. I, it, that is an interesting question, isn't it? How do you feel that someone, you know, who, who was it a bass player there in, in discharge or guitar or whatever. And, you know, they're not, they, they never got the commercial or financial success. And yet, everyone and their dog who has that financial success goes, oh yeah, Discharge, fantastic band. It's kind of like, dang, I've got a pocket full of thanks, mate, but fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> so they're one of the handful of bands, aren't they, that forever get mentioned as being one of the biggest influences to some of these big thrash bands, Definitely. big metal bands around. And like you say, yeah, they, they might not have a lot of money, but they've certainly got the, the legendary... Um, influence on a lot of these big bands yeah. and small bands and still to this day yeah definitely so uh, again I'd like to thank Chris for putting that effort in and writing that piece and linking all those videos and just giving a complete article and uh, it's almost like a like I say an interactive kind of thing that you can click on as you go down um, I'm just going to check out some Discharge from the 80s because I'm very curious to see how good or what I'm suspecting is how bad that really is and it might not be everyone's cup of tea, uh, this follow the leaders, so discharge might not be everyone's cup of tea. You might be at the club just for a bit of fresh, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, Chris did uh, Killing Joke as well. He did, follow yeah. The leaders. And that was really interesting as well to go down and listen to a lot of Killing Joke, which also had been covered by a lot of these big, yeah. big bands. So really interesting, um, really interesting to, you know, just hear, hear different music that's been influential within our world so yeah thank you chris thank you mate so that's great i think we're going to press on and we're going to talk about the huge flash poll next that occurred at the weekend uh, but i think we should talk about um off the back of the flash vote to say that we were going to do death metal how we chose the albums i'll save the segment and then we'll talk about some of the reactions and how it went down yeah let's do it let's do it so um we ran the flash poll to decide what the wild card is going to be. Wild card being um, not thrash metal. We're going to feature an album that isn't thrash metal, deliberately so. So it's a wild card. Death metal was chosen again, um, and last we death metal came out last time, didn't we? And really, what we we did uh, last year was we came up with three band, three albums from three different bands that we thought the members would enjoy and then we let the random generator decide which one it was going to be and as it turned out it was left hand path wasn't it yeah so this year we decided to uh to go a little bit more and we decided to say i think it was on the last podcast we would go eight um albums and then we would have the flash poll for people to do the albums now let's talk about the albums first and then we'll talk about the idea for the omnium afterwards so um eight albums i submitted a list and you submitted a list didn't you we did, yeah, and we kind of went on our own personal 
So we, we, it was going to be death metal. We knew it was going to be a classic death metal album, and whatever we chose, someone probably was going to be disappointed out of the hundreds in the group. It was going to be our own personal choices, but also where we thought it would work in the group, but also we gauged it on members' comments and likes that certain bands got within the comments. Yeah, definitely. And so it was a bit of both. So what happened, we agreed uh, from the eight, we agreed on two albums, didn't we, that were same band, same album. We, we, they were Pestilence and Morbid Angel, wasn't it? Yeah, Morbid Angel, Orbs of Madness and Pestilence, um, Testament of the Ancients. So they got in, yeah. They were in, they were in. And then we agreed on three other bands but disagreed on albums, didn't we? We did, yeah. So... Victory. Yeah. And Carcass. And Bolfra. And Bolfra, yeah. So what we decided to do with that is we had a pick each. And I went... I had a bitchery. You desperately wanted a bitchery, didn't you? You wanted Cause of Death in there. Uh, yeah, so Cause of Death went in there, and you had Carcass. And I had I decided to go for Carcass and put Heartwork in there. And then we flipped a coin for which um, Bolt Thrower album was going to go in. Because I wanted Slowly We Rot for a bitchery, so that didn't get in. And you wanted... What um, Carcass album did you want? Carcass... Was necroticism, discanting yeah. the insalubrious, which I wouldn't give you a long argument about, but I no, uh, not nor slowly we rot. It was it was yeah. one of them things, you know. So either way, it was a good. And then we flipped yeah. a coin. I wanted War Master, and you wanted uh, was it Fourth Crusade? You wanted uh, it was those once loyal, not an okay. album I'm really familiar was with, but it was one for the members that were just really really um, vocal about its inclusion. So we flipped a coin, and I done it completely fair. And it came up War Master. So that was five. And then we decided to go for a pick each from our list from the remaining uh, bands. Yeah. And I put, again, more for the members that had commented on it, the Massacre from Beyond. Yeah, from Beyond. And I went for Possessed Seven Churches. Possessed Seven Churches. So uh, we whacked them in, which left one spot available, which I felt very passionate about that a death album should be in there did you do you agree with that or did you i can't remember what you you were kind of like yeah okay yeah definitely yeah yeah absolutely um i didn't have i didn't have death in my list um i don't believe I'd, i must have had death in my list didn't have death in your list, no. Didn't have death in my list. I think that's because I saw that you had your list, so I thought, well, hang on, I can get another one in here. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah there definitely should be death in there. So, and because my mate uh, Matthew Jones, Bonesy, to the affiliated, he gave such an impassioned speech for spiritual healing, and a lot of members responded to that, actually, and were saying, absolutely right, you know, and, and got behind it. Uh Although a few members did mention Scream Bloody Gore, a few members did say Leprosy, a few did say Human, there just didn't seem to be the same level of enthusiasm as there was for spiritual healing by the few members that got really behind it. And that's what tipped me to say spiritual healing. Mm. But to be honest, as Brian DeAndrano says, they didn't make a bad album, did they? So it, it really didn't matter that much. No, and hopefully out of the eight that did go in, uh, you're going to get um, a decent album. So what went in? Uh, spiritual Healing. Spiritual Healing went in. 
spiritual healing went in. So that left us with the the eight albums that we that we um we decided. So we were going to post them, and then I think it was the Thursday or the Wednesday. You came up with a bright idea, didn't you? The Omnium. Yes. I just yes. I just thought it might make it a little bit, it will certainly make it a little bit more interesting and exciting. It's probably not the purest way of doing it because you're not getting a totally, um, a totally kind of fair view of which is the most popular one. But over the course of um, when we run an Omnium before for, um, I, I can't remember what it was. Was it uh, was violence? Did we do the favourite violence song on an album? Or no, something it was, like it was the Acid Rain, Age of Entitlement, favourite track of yes, the Yes, the, the track. That's right. Um, it, it, I just thought it, it would open it up, wouldn't it? And yeah. uh, it certainly did that. And it's not like you know, like we wanted to ensure that if we just wanted to keep the momentum and the interest going, that if you um, voted for an album. And then yours got chopped. You could then revote. That's what we were hoping. So the votes that were chopped, so to speak, would then get carried on to another band, maybe. And um, that's what we wanted. And I think a lot of that did happen. So uh, you know, thanks for everyone joining in and getting into the spirit of things as it was intent. Um, but it was a. So I thought it was a great idea. So um, we decided to go with a, an omnium, um, and it did keep it really exciting and a. And a it was a very interesting exercise. Shall we, yeah. shall we delve in to how it transpired? Just before we do, mate. Go on. There was obviously, and like I said, um, we we certainly couldn't please everyone's personal taste, and there were obviously some glaring omissions from there. A, a, a death metal album wildcard that hasn't got cannibal corpse in i appreciate that yeah. malevolent creation yeah. uh, suffocation some of these bands that are classic classic death metal bands the, it was only ever going to be able to do eight and however we got there someone may have got upset but hopefully the whole exercise turned into you know a good exercise and we've got there now well, hopefully we've got there. We've still got a bit of a, <laughs> a yeah. bit of work to do. But, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. we'll get onto. Yes, yeah, certainly for anyone that didn't know. So, um, Flashbulb came out, and after about three or four hours, I voted for <laughs> Pestilence, Testament of the Ancients. We both agreed on that was gone. Gone, yeah. Gone. Um, so, um, four people got four votes. Me being one of them, had to re-vote. Uh, Haro Hernandez Preto definitely said about the album definitely one of the greatest death metal albums of all time they sound amazing live i remember the first time i listened to this record i still listen to at least once a month the drums are just incredible and the guitar sound is amazing i also recommend the spheres album yes uh, wholeheartedly it's a fantastic album it really is i was surprised that it got so low but that's how it is so we then um, and as this was going on on the main vote thread so many comments about death metal about just a whole host of just too much to uh, we like you said we could have easily dissected every single point in there and it would have come out as a three hour podcast just on its own wouldn't it definitely yeah there was so much to get stuck into I was really busy and, and just having a great time reading everyone's comments and seeing their enthusiasm for bands albums um it seemed as just going back when i posted it uh, a lot of people voted straight away that are key members and they were at the top when when you look into the votes you can see who's voted 
and the top of the tree, the first person that vote, it was almost like they were a, a club regular and they all had like team captains. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, they were out texting people, canvassing for votes. Well, Darren Robb was definitely doing that for bolt throw and he got them up the pecking order because it seemed to be one of those things that bolt throwers were just missing the cut every single time and it was mainly due to Darren sort of like um, posting strategically after an album had been cut going oh well Bolt Thrower absolutely amazing anyone that liked Massacre must vote for Bolt Thrower <laughs> it seemed to have worked because they would go up but um, when interestingly uh, when I uh, cut Testimony of the Ancients Death Spiritual Healing was um, the next one up it was um, after four hours. It was seven out of eight. It's funny how it works, isn't it? Because um, yeah, and I think possessed were really low to begin uh, with as well. Absolutely, and it took a few people to to wake up and get it going. But as it did, it turned out. So uh, a few hours later, massacre from beyond with eleven votes was then cut. What do you think about massacre? Well, it's a it's a stellar lineup in death metal history, isn't it? But maybe the album itself just wasn't quite as um, uh, quite as influential or classic as maybe the name preceded, as it were. Yeah. Maybe the list around it were there were stronger. Well, clearly there were stronger albums for people to choose. But if it wasn't a massacre, it could have could have been another album in there. But it was massacre, and it went yeah. massacred. Uh, massacred, massacred from the uh, from the um, pecking order. Um, Terry Map, ah oh, man, that album was so good. I even had a raver mate converted to death metal. That's and that's <laughs> that's some going really, isn't that it? Is. Because ravers versus metalers, that was a big thing, wasn't it? It was a big thing, kind of the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. They were all going where? Well, wherever you are in the country, you'd probably have gigs and. You go to your gigs and they go to their raves, and that was the thing. It was metalers versus ravers, wasn't it? Yeah. So turning a raver from that album. Metal, fair play, Terry. Fair play, massacre. But having said that, I do remember a few ravers being into death metal. I was I was good friends with a lot of um. There's a few metalhead friends that I had who converted to rave in the um yeah around about that time, and they were all going to various raves, illegal and unorganized, and all the rest of it. Um, but they would always, the one thing that they would take with them was, oh, yeah, no, I, I listened to Entomb the other day or I listened to, you know, what, you know, Death Metal the other day, Carl. Yeah, no, I can still bang that out. You know, wouldn't listen to Iron Maiden that we'd gone to gigs no. with or Anthrax or anything like that, but would listen to Death Metal and Rave. But there's got to be a certain point within Rave where it notches it up, notches it up, and it becomes so hardcore, it becomes so, um, you know, heavy, that, um, that really trancey kind of... European, I think it's Gabber or Gubber, I think yeah. it's Gabber, and it's so heavy, it almost, and I'm not going to belittle death metal in saying that it blurs into death metal because it's not like that, but the in sonic intensity of that kind of stuff, where it's it's a proper visceral experience to listen to, like a lot of death metal, it's not something that you kind of sit there with your legs crossed and tap your, yeah. not that you, know, you need to run and do a circle bit every time, not that you would do a circle bit, um, when you're listening to death metal, but there's certainly it's a more of a uh, sonic experience than say listening to Blind Melon or <laughs> Pearl Jam, or, yeah, yeah, definitely. you know, Three Colours Red or whatever, you know. Yeah, you're, you're getting involved if you're listening to rave music. You're getting involved, aren't you? And um, the same is, is with death metal and thrash, and that's why I think 
it, like we were saying about Northern Soul and Scar, it's it's participation, isn't it? It's not just putting music on and going, oh yeah, no, this 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 one I like and I like to sing along to while I'm doing other things. You are focused on whatever it is that you're playing, isn't it? And I think Rave does fall into that category, although you you know, ninety nine percent of them seem to be out of their tits on something, don't it? So, which which I've never understood. But anyway, the other, uh, just to digress or, or, or a tangent, the, um, what's that festival that's near us? Oh, Boomtown. Yeah. Just got, you know, it's got like a, not a death metal stage, but like a metal stage, isn't it? But it's also got loads and loads of dance music and underground rave and just everything yeah, there, isn't it? It's huge, isn't it? Chaos. It's, it's a massive, massive festival and probably quite a, a unique, uh, forward-thinking way of doing a festival. It's, it's a huge, huge thing where they, they have all these different areas, don't they? Different, yeah. not just like the second stage. And we've got a stage over there, and the stage over there. It's almost like towns, isn't it? And uh, yes, yeah, huge though. And the, the range of music that they have there must must be mad trying to get round to the different places. Yeah, do you do you fancy it? Not at all. You don't you don't know even because there's some good metal. There. I mean, Napalm played there, yeah. and at the gates, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you don't fancy it though. Uh, only because I've been down, I've driven past it when they've been taking it down, and it seems such a huge venue. I know when you see these venues when they're taken down, and they seem to go on forever because it's the campsite and you've got the the stage areas, the backstage areas. But it, it's just, I don't know. It's um, I, when I go to a festival, I want to be able to walk. <laughs> I, I don't want to be walking all day to go and see one band and then oh we've got to hot foot it over there to go and see another band I'd, I don't mind a little bit of walking but that's why I think with something like Bloodstock you, you're spoiled really that yeah. five ten minutes you can hot foot it to another stage and see a decent band and some of these other festivals like the likes of Uprising might be the way forward where they're indoor festivals and and you don't have to you just go in and out of a room but the idea of the, the, something like Download, where it's gonna you're gonna walk fifty miles in the whole weekend, having seen you know yeah. favourite bands, it's it, it takes enjoyment out of it, really. I quite like the idea of a uh, urban festival that the like yeah. the Camden stuff, where you could you know you don't need yeah. to worry about food to that because there's loads of restaurants and stuff like you can go in there and, and pick up food or street food or whatever, yeah. but you've still got five or six venues where you can you know that represent the different stages of a festival. And if you want, uh, want a pint, you can go into the various public houses as opposed to, you know, watered-down shite that they sell at yeah. festivals. But, yeah, anyone been to Boomtown, it would be interesting to know uh, what, what it is. The good thing is that, uh, not that I know the area very well, but I know a decent place where we could park and we could sort of, like, shifty across the field and then in. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to pay the extortionate prices no, on, it, uh, it, on parking. And, yeah. and it's our side as well so we shifty across the field and then we're missing all the traffic going home as well we can stay till the last headliner if you like we could do couldn't we yeah so um, that might be one anyway uh digress so and then uh controversially what some might say uh morbid angel went with altars of madness won 17 votes so that went the genre classic yeah i mean people were outraged by that and I mean outraged by it. Often seen as the the essential death metal album, isn't it, really? it's uh, Yeah, it, it, it was a surprise that that did go. And I have to say that when when it did go, I, because it is one of those albums that I do think death metal, oh yeah, All's a Madness, that's 
that's that's if someone were asking me what it would what death metal would be i'd give that would be one that i would certainly reach for but just didn't get the vote 17 they you know they 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 got chopped so um and ross johnson widely regarded as the best death metal album of all time out already so echo already gone yeah gone gone um so then we start getting big chunks of votes um going because the next one team captain uh darren rob could do all he could do and bolt thrower went with 24 votes they went they went they went i think they went sunday morning and uh darren rob team captain strategic posting of sympathy votes canvassing um just said boo I wonder what I wonder what would it it could have easily have been um those ones loyal, which was a lot later for Bolt Throw, but it was one the other albums within the uh, initial um questions that raised a lot of likes and a lot of comments and mm. i do wonder afterwards when this went people were saying things like oh if it had been that one it would still be in there but i totally get that if you were into bolt thrower and that was who you were voting for then you might not have wanted that kind of you might not want your um, vote to go to the almost like the classic um, mellow melodic death metal of hard work or a victory because you might yeah. not like them and you might not like death so you might not you might think that's it i've, I've had enough and, and fair enough but you know we're not saying that that death and a victory are the most popular albums by pure a pure kind of vote out of a hundred people they got the most votes they kind of did but it's more about the exercise and getting there and you know the excitement that it created did we do that wrong then? Do you think we could have had two flash polls? One where we post eight bands and they vote for the bands, and then the next vote, uh, flash vote or Omnium, we vote for the album of that particular band. I think they, I, I, yeah. I mean, we're, we're always learning, aren't we? And yeah. I, I think that it could have, I say, it could, I, it's been enjoyable how it's gone, but I think if you'd asked two other members to do it, to do it their way, they would have done it differently and they might have gone, eight albums, uh, you've got to vote each, vote for it, or they could have done what we've done, and like you say, then put the albums in and choose your album. Yeah. It's, um, there's lots of different ways of doing it. Definitely. But, yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, and, and, and even since, I'll, I'll get to it when, when, the, um, when we get to the final two. Okay. Next to go, Possessed, seven churches with 36 votes surprised i was surprised by this i i had voted for obituary so i was kind of i kept seeing them creep higher and higher <laughs> yeah. and i thought well i'm not going to need to vote at the moment i was very surprised when possess went out i i thought it was going to start gaining momentum and probably win to be honest okay yeah psychob uh, was kind of the team captain for uh for possessed um he was he voted for them very early on and they were he they were winning very early on i think when i took mm. the first band off uh when i took pestilence off possessed were at the top really yeah i'm always sure they were um pd sums it up quite nicely fuck right off <laughs> <laughs> was that in capital letters 
matches, I think. I remember it was, yes, it was. Yeah. That means he really pissed off. <laughs> he was. But at this point, I think they went with 36 votes. I think the person, the band, the person, the band that was at the top had like 40. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was a bit, bit uh, close. Then, um, next to go, Carcass, Heartwork. 39 votes. And again, had we put in necroticism, it's all yeah. what ifs and whys and that. If we put necroticism in, how it would have how it would have fared? Because not everyone liked the kind of polishness of um, hard work, did they? No. But it still it still did well. Did did very well. Scott King Keller, bullshit decision. I bet Russia has messed with this ballot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a frowny emoji as well. Yeah, uh, our, our friend our friend in the states. Um, Warren was very much um, for the car. He was in the carcass camp. I remember him commenting as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then um, just couldn't believe it. Uh, it was a straight shootout between death, spiritual healing, and obituary cause of death. And it finished 58 votes each. <laughs> so, right, eh? um, just to, uh, I've got a couple of comments here. Uh, Julius Caesar, uh, a tie is a tie. I think half of us. Wouldn't have had these two in the final, but here they are. I say honour them both. They beat out better. They beat out better bands this time. And then Dean Bailey, how about one per week instead of one album of the fortnight? So we've got a we've got a decision to make, and I thought I would do that with you now, and we could talk about uh, the decision about what do you think we should do with the flashpole finishing a dead dead heat. Yeah. Uh, before we do, mate, Simon Davidson also. A new listener, he suggested a blind listen as well, didn't he? We listened yeah. to an album, uh, he came up with an option as to, um, yeah, first to guess a song from the album, whoever gets it right. So it's really good that these people yes. were offering kind of ways of us resolving this kind of bit of a quandary, bit of a quadrix or quandary that we were in. Yeah. Yes, because I could have very confidently, I said, oh, it's almost a draw, you know, it got to about an hour before I was going to close it. And, uh, I could see that it was going to be very close. And a few people, I think uh, Scotty Wells went, Christ, this is close, isn't it? And I, I, I thought, yeah, don't worry. We'll roll out the contingency plan very confidently and very calmly. Uh, there is no contingency plan. We don't know really what was going to be there. We didn't anticipate this whatsoever. So uh, um, it was it was quite good. So I one thing, I think there's two options. One that you suggested and a few of the members have suggested is that we honour both and we do a kind of double album. Uh, or we do another flashpole with just spiritual healing and obituary. Yeah. And this is a discussion. It's not a dictatorship. Because I can see... I'll tell you what I, I think, because my idea is the is the replay. Now, that won't mean anything to Americans, because Americans have a very uh, positive attitude when it comes to draws. They all, I think it's a baseball term. They always say draws are like kissing cousins. It happens, but it shouldn't. So they keep going and go extra innings until it's done. Um, so we can either have a replay, which is we have a whole match again, uh, and we just have death and obituary, um, or we go come up with your idea. I have some questions about your idea because the one good thing with my idea is that it there's definitely uh, there will be a winner. I think if there's another flashpole. Well, with my idea, it was just an idea that, to throw it out there. On reflection, 
the logistics of having two bands over a fortnight. You know what it's like trying to uh, just do one album of the fortnight in a fortnight. What with all the other features? Yeah. It's we we we've got a lot of features anyway, and just trying to cram in and give the album the respect and justice that it deserves for these classics without it kind of going, oh, and that was a victory cause of death. Oh, and by the way, now we're on to death, spiritual healing. Yeah. I think to do an album justice, to give it that time for people to listen to, to come back to, some people don't visit the site for two, three, four, five days. Yeah. We might post it and they might miss it. So yeah. I think, I think yes, appreciate the people that have said, let's have one, one a week, but there's probably more in giving whichever one would go head-to-head the kind of two weeks that it deserves as Album of the Fortnight. It is the Album of the Fortnight Club. Let's keep it as the Album of the Fortnight. And, and yeah, put it out there as another another flush poll. People would be like, no, not another poll. We didn't want those bands to win anyway. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, then, you know, you don't have to vote or whatever. But I just, with with the two albums, this is the question I was going to ask you, was what is it going to look like? Are we going to do you know, like an album for Fortnite in one week. So we we post it, we comment on it, we release the poll, and then we close it on the Wednesday and then the following Thursday, where we would normally have a T90, um, or sorry, or a Thrash Island Discs, we would then have the second album, and then that would run for one week or seven days. Or do we post both uh, on the Thursday and say it's a double one because of the Flash poll, Dead Heat, here is death and we write a little bit about spiritual healing and then a little bit about cause of death and then we open two separate polls or one poll i you know i don't mind doing two albums it's just what is it going to look like a shower of shit that's what it's going to look like <laughs> do you think so <laughs> i do yeah i think it'll be too messy i don't think it'll give the the albums the kind of space and time to for people to fully enjoy and yeah the, the another vote and another round of not 24 hours we don't have to make it that long but like you say if people don't want to vote fair enough if people vote and oh well i voted a victory and it won and now it's not in there well it's a heat one of these albums is going to have to go and it's you know it's it's life it's (laughs) it's not the end of the world it's just a reviewing of a death metal album so let's yeah let's get on with it let's do a um um, another vote and uh i'll tell you what we'll do open it up I, th- I think I, sh- I think I know what we should do. Let's see what the reaction is from the from the from the hardcore um, thrash metal of the Fortnite viewer or listeners. Uh, they will have a say because they will hear this and they will have a say, and they can say, "Oh no, I like the double idea," or "A, I like this idea," or "Yeah, I see what you mean about this idea." Uh, if it is, if no one comments on it or no one says anything, we will have a replay, and that replay will be the next flash vote or, over the weekend. So this coming weekend, we've got the last heat of Thrash of the Titans. Then the following weekend will be Death versus Obituary, Cause of Death versus uh, Spiritual Healing. Yeah. Okay. See. See what the see what the hardcore say. See what the hardcore say because they, you know, they're going to listen. To, well, they do listen to this. The the hardcore and the, uh, uh, the the key members and all the rest of it. Whoever you are, if you do listen, you think I, you know, I really like the idea of posting both albums on the Thursday and having two weeks and then having two polls. I like that. If you like that, please say so. And then if lots of other people, you get a bit of uh, momentum behind that, we'll do that because it's not so much of a problem. If you like the one week per album within that fortnight, let's go for that model. If you like 
no, let's have one album, one fortnight, and we need another flash poll to decide it. Let's do that. If we do another flash poll and it's another replay, um, we're either going to flip a coin or we're going to do both. That's what we're going to do. That's the plan. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. No, uh, no double voting either. No, no, definitely not, definitely not. Well, it's, it's all like when it's a two-horse race, it doesn't matter then, does it? So no, it's, it's pointless. Um, so um, great, that's what we we'll do. But I have to say, through it all, it was really good fun and uh, really nice to see you know the bands falling and climbing and people voting and commenting. It was a it was a real kind of live weekend, lively weekend in the club. you wonder i think we were it was justified in having death metal back in the poll as a choice of wildcard wasn't it because we thought oh do we throw it back in we had it last year with entombed do we put it back in i think it was right putting it back in there because obviously it won but certainly looking at the response that it's gathered it's the closest thing to thrash metal anyway isn't it Death metal. so it was right to get it back in there definitely right i'm going to save this now mate <laughs> I think well we're recording now so let's let's do it. <laughs> um so thanks for uh thanks for the flash poll. Let's uh finish up uh so thanks again for everyone's hard work. This is exactly what this podcast is about is a thank you to all the members that put their input into the club and all of their hard work and I really appreciate it and the last weekend was just testament to that fact the amount of interest and involvement of lots of different members about a common subject was uh, was fantastic it was great awesome great I'll echo, echo Carl's uh, uh, words there yeah the, it's seeing the interactions between members and then someone else comes in and there's a little bit yeah. more of a conversation going in it's, it's really good and really good to watch yeah yeah and you know people have strong opinions and people have opposing uh, opinions it's never got to a point where it's going to be a slagging match because it, we would just take everything down if it was. Um, but everyone seems to be pretty cool and we, we like to keep that going because this is a safe place. You could say pretty much what you like about any band, knowing that if someone's got a, a different view, you're not going to get a barrage of abuse. So that's that's always nice to, to know that you can say your piece but just be respectful with it as well, which is always really, really good throughout the membership. So... Going on now, we're just winding down the podcast, so trying to keep it to that two-hour mark and not the three-hour mark. So what have you been listening to then, Robbie? Have you uh, been giving anything a spin? Been catching up on a lot of death metal this weekend, I can oh, tell right. you that. Well, some of the <laughs> albums? Uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, the albums on there. Um, and then just as you kind of go down that wormhole, don't you, you start yeah. rediscovering some more like... Um, Remember James Murphy? He was yeah. in um, Testament. He was in uh, Testament. He was in Testament. He was in uh, Death on Spiritual Healing. He was also in uh, Obituary on Cause of Death, yeah. and he was also had his own band called Disincarnate, Dreams of a Carrying Kind. It's a fantastic death metal album. Um, so yeah, like I say, I've been listening to a lot of death metal. That in particular is a great listen. Uh, what else have been listening to? As Scotty would say, um, Scotty Wells over in America. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Caligram, the, the album, that, that brutally kind of hardcore black metal album that I've um, been banging on about probably for about two or three podcasts now. Still, as Scotty would say, it's kicking my ass. Cool. So really enjoying that. 
I had the pleasure and privilege of interviewing um, Paul Waller from Ohms for Razor's Edge last week. Yeah. Uh, what an absolute gent of a guy. Friendly, um, interesting, really comfortable, and just a real pleasure to interview him. And I can safely say that their new album, uh, it's not out for a, a month or so, but, it, you know, if that Caligram one was uh, kicking my ass, this one's fucking kicking my ass, <laughs> as Scotty would say. So it's an amazing album, it really is. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've been listening to that. Um, yeah, loads, really. The Follow the Leaders, uh, the Discharge, been, yeah. you know, dipping in and out of that, by, uh, courtesy of uh, Chris Gamble. So it's been, uh, yeah, a really good week of listening to stuff. But yourself? I've got a, a Municipal Waste to listen to the album again, um, just to shore up my opinion so that's been good i listened to a single by a band from stoke called balls deep who have got a new uh song out um it's a it's i think it's a three-part concept and uh if anything the first song to go by i think it's uh it's going to be a good one so um that's going to be interesting to to look out for what, what the balls deep play other than we know they play metal, but what, what is it? Yeah, it is pretty much sort of standard, sort of modern, sort of thrashy metal sort of thing without too much clean vocals in it. Sort of like Lamb of okay. God, thrashy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was good. And, you know, they're, fresh. They're a, band that, they're a Thrashosaurus kind of band, aren't they? I've seen the name around. Yeah, I think so. They're I think. a Thrashosaurus kind of band, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, where when I, I so I had a tough assignment for Razor's Edge. I went for Grid Failure. Now this is a sort of one man band project, and he or she I don't know who has come out. It's called Load of Collaborators, but I was listening to it and I was thinking, fuck me, this intro's going on for a bit. Jesus, fuck me, there's all this wind noise and just weird fucking noises and stuff like that and I go, okay yeah so that's the first song done yeah all right that's that's the intro let's get the second one anyway yeah yeah oh fuck me there's more noises more noises more more sticking the microphone outside and there's lots of wind going on okay it'll kick in a minute no five minutes of that right okay then a song actually comes in which is like a lo-fi ministry with that kind of screaming distorted vocals that looks that sounds like it's been shouted through a megaphone and then Back to more fucking noises, just weird clicks and fucking goodness knows what. And just fucking dreadful. All the way through, just weird noises. An album full. Just dreadful. And then also on the dreadful list for the classic rock album of the week, I listened to Ingvi Malmsteen's uh, Odyssey. Okay. That was interesting. So I've been listening to a bit of Ingvi Malmsteen. But an album that was mentioned to me by Marcin uh, Zedbicki. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, and also, I can't remember if it was John Wig or Chris Gambold or the pair of them, that um, Sacred Reich's American Way turned 30. I think it was on last week. Right. So I gave that a spin. Um, really enjoyed Not being the biggest fan of it, were you? So how did no. you there? No, I was never a big fan of, of Sacred Rife back in the day. And uh, so I gave it a listen to. Um, really enjoyed it. Thought it was brilliant. Or certainly the first... Is it If there's eight songs, certainly seven of them are really good. And then that fucking funk song comes in. Just 
just, 31 flavours? Yeah, yeah, just fucking dreadful. Absolutely killed it. Absolutely killed it. It went from sort of like an 8 or 9 down to a 6 or a 7 because of that tune at the end. And, and the goal, the fucking balls of it at the end where he goes, he's singing along and he's basically saying, you know, yeah, this is a funk song, but, you know, you've got you to gotta put a funk song. Listen to di- something different. Yeah, I'll listen to something different, mate, but not for my thrash bands, you know what I mean? It's, you know, fucking hell. It's just, you know, r- ridiculous. So I, I, that was a ridiculous song. Why? Whose idea? Someone should have said, you know what? That's a B-side song or a or a different project, you know. I think we should keep this off this particular album. But they stuck it on, and you know, such a strange one. But actually, some of the some of the songs on there are fucking brilliant. They are, yeah. It's it's, um, it's a genre classic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do I, do I remember who's to blame and the American way. Um, and there's a really there's quite a long song on there as well. I forget the name of it, but that's a really good one. Not the way it is, is it? Crimes Against Humanity? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Really, really good. So, thoroughly enjoyed that, mate. There, um, I think we touched upon it last week. It's um, it's one of those ones, I think, the American way, that's really aged quite well. Mm. Um, whereas, um, as has Ignorance, you know, yeah. where the ones that kind of, that I listened to fairly recently was Heal and Independent. Okay. Um, I certainly didn't like the, or it didn't do much for me, the, the more recent one, but is it Heal and Independent, the, the, the mid-90s, yeah. the early 90s stuff, um, hasn't aged well at all, I don't think. I thought it was quite weak and just sucked out. It sounds like a band that were running out of ideas and a band that was so, at the almost like climbing to the top of that, yeah. the second, almost like the second rung of the thrash metal ladder. And it's, um, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a downfall really of those from where they've been so high but then they were at the time when thrash metal was moving into different sounds so mm. that's why bands were doing what they were doing but you know that's that's just that I, I i did like independent when it came out i thought that was a really good effort but i haven't heard it recently yeah you 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 think that's the one that and i've never i've never even heard them you know when members were talking about heel uh, I think when we done the uh, Thrash the Titans. Cover versions, didn't we, as well? There were cover versions. I think there was a cover version on uh, Heal or, or might have been Independent, but uh, they certainly did a cover version on one of them, I think. Yeah. Hence me going back to it and listening. But, um, yeah, Thrash of the Titans as well. So, cool. So that's what I've listened to. So, excellent. Now, I have got a bit of a treat for everyone at the end of the podcast. Can I just say, did we, not, did we talk or did we not talk about... SOD. That's I've posted that today, so we'll talk about that in the next one. That's fine. So that's why I didn't put it on the agenda, but uh, we will uh, we will talk about that next week because that's um, causing a bit of a, a flurry of activity as far as um, Mr. Milano is concerned. <laughs> so um, uh, hopefully that's all still respectful. Um, but no, there is a treat on the end of a podcast. A it, This is a strange one. I sent it to you, didn't I? And I don't know whether you've listened to it or not. I literally got a message again. And um, th- this is all it said. I mean, I didn't know. I don't know the guy. Uh, he's a member. And he said, um, can I ask you a favour? 
that's what was written in this message. I thought, oh, fucking hell, here we go. And I said, uh, I sent one back and said, well, it depends what it is, how, you know, I can do whatever we can do, but, you know, what is it that you're after? And then he just sent this tune through. It literally was a sound, uh, a sound thing on Messenger. And I listened to it. And I thought, fuck me, this is good. This is really, really good. Very professional, um, really raw. But, um, yeah, very, very good. Something I was, you know, considering and, and would listen to again. So I sent it back and said, look, I really like the track. I think it's, you know, sort of death thrash. You know, it's kind of, you know, kind of walks that line. Um, and it turns out that uh, the reason why they, the guy was a man of very few words is because he hardly knows any English because he's Peruvian. And they are a Peruvian band called Maze of Terror. Um, he has very limited access to the internet by all accounts. Um, they have a band camp and they have a Facebook. And he was, I got like, you know, what would you like me to do with it? We can post it if you can give me something. And he said, uh, do you have a radio show? <laughs> I said, well, I don't have a radio show. We, we do a podcast. Me and my, uh, my, my fellow admin do a, a podcast. Uh, if you send me something, we could maybe talk about it on the podcast and stick it on. So as it turned out, he sent me a file. And uh, I managed to download it, do all the bits and pieces and get it into an MP3. And I've put it into Anchor so we can actually listen to it at the end. He actually gave me permission to uh, to put the tune on. And um, I'm quite happy to do that for any bands or some bands that we think are good. If they send me an MP3 through a on an email, because that would be a lot easier admin for me. Because I think the club have got an email account, haven't they, Robbie? to the YouTube channel. Yes, I think we have. Do, do is would you think it'd be okay to give that out for any people that want to? Uh, send yeah, it? absolutely. We can find it and um, upload it somehow. I'll try and find it. I'm just the you did send me it via messenger, but you sent me a picture. There was nothing attached to it. Oh, okay, okay. So I've got I've got the artwork, which is pretty cool, but uh, then we, I've not been able to hear it. So it'll be uh, be quite interesting. This, yeah. So yeah, okay. So. Um, I, I, yeah, so we, what we'll do is in the comments, we'll put down the email address. And if you could send it on an MP3, I can literally put it straight into Anchor and then put it into, onto the podcast if it's, if it's good or if it's something that you would be interested in. So I would love people's opinions. Certainly the people that listen to it, we get feedback from would be open to listening to a band. Obviously, if you don't like it, you can turn it off because it's right at the end. So I think it's a good place to have it. But it's uh, it's a really good tune. I think it's called From Beyond, actually. And um, it's, a, like I say, a Peruvian band. I don't know anything about them. I don't know who the members are. I don't know, them, you know, I don't know how old they are. I don't know how long they've been going. By all accounts, I think they, they're a young band and uh, they hardly speak any English. And they would be... Uh, Again, Thrashosaurus, I think they would come over on a limb maybe and play a, a beginning of that and absolutely love it. So um, give this a go because this is really good. I, I, I thought it was brilliant uh, and I didn't know anything about them. They could have been American, they could have been English, I didn't know. So an unbiased opinion on a bit of Peruvian thrash death metal. Sounds great. Cool. All right, so that's what's coming up. Have you got anything else, mate? I think that's it. It uh, seems to be we've, we've gone through it in breakneck style and we're hitting, what, two hours? That's two hours, worked mate. Out, what, two hours. So that's uh, that'll be good. Hopefully, hopefully we'll go. that's... We've a... got a lot... Go on, mate, what did you say? We've got a lot coming up. Yeah. 
T90 and Thrash Island disc coming up this week, which is always exciting, so that's good. And um, I've got a book review, yeah. and I've still got Cy Cobb's uh, top five as well to shoehorn in. I am keeping Cy Cobb's top five because it is really, really good, and I really want a spare day when we haven't got anything so people can read and, and look at that because it's, it's, a, it's an absolute banger. And I obviously got Andrew Matthews' new book review. So we've got that coming That's up. coming up, and then come the weekend, it's um, another big vote, isn't it? Final heat of uh, Thrash of the Titans, and if you don't know already, it's between Annihilator and Megadeth that we've kind of talked about already, haven't we? We have, yeah. So time to put the words to one side and to see exactly who votes for who. Exactly. And maybe... Maybe in the next podcast we'll we will know then the complete lineup for the sixteen, and we can just go through and 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 see the matchups and see where we're going to go. And maybe we should, yeah. maybe we can pick the first heat on the podcast. You know, kind of do put them in the random generator and see which one comes out. That'd be good. Live, like, like the FA Cup that hasn't happened this year. Like Where's the that? FA, that's it. Like the FA Cup. That'd be brilliant. That'd be brilliant. We could, yeah. And then we will be back round. We'll be talking about SOD as well. And the Lone Ranger, speak Spanish or die. Worship metal. And worship metal as well, so quite a lot yeah, to talk there's, about. There's loads, yeah. So it's just like a rolling programme, isn't it? There's, there's always something coming up, which is great. We'll have Thrash Island discs and, yeah, loads to talk about. So thank you once again for all your comments, all your interactions within the club. And until the next time, eh? Yeah, and have you got any final, final words? Only about. Let's have a flashpole, eh? Let's have a flashpole. My final word is for Tim Finch, and it's Nick Uagua. Nick, Nick, you, Nick, 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 N